and 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and 1 Peter chapter 5. By the way, I want you to know, you are singing fantastic this morning. Uh, I was about ready to, to uh, tell Grant to extend the song service a little bit here this morning. Good singing. It's a blessing to my soul. I appreciate it. All right, first, uh, first Timothy chapter 3 and First Peter chapter 5. Let's stand together, and if your neighbor does not have a Bible, we'll allow them to look on with you. We're going to take a look at a word that is only used two times in your King James Bible. And these are the two times that it's used, and we're going to look at this, this subject this morning. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2 says, A bishop, meaning a preacher, uh, then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Now go with me, if you would, over to 1 Peter chapter 5. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, look down in verse 8. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, as we open up your word this morning, help our hearts to be open to the truths found therein. May our hearts be open to the Spirit of God who desires to work in our hearts through your book this morning. We ask, Father, that, that uh, you'd help us to uh, have open hearts and open eyes to the to the truths of the importance of, as Christians, being vigilant. Only two times that, that word is used in our King James Bible, and yet uh, it's a very, very important admonition that we need to pay attention to. Uh, Lord, uh, to, to, in, in this day and age, it's so easy to get sidetracked. It's easy, Lord, to fall asleep. It's easy to get apathetic. Uh, there's just a, a lot of temptations that can come our way, but God, you've told us to be vigilant. And I pray this morning that you'd help us to see, first of all, how important it is for us to have vigilance in our life, and secondly, then to, to make sure that uh, our lives are protected and that we have our eyes open to the dangers that are out there, that we might have a, a life that's honoring and pleasing to you. Bless this time together. Speak to our hearts, and as you do, may, may our desire be that we say yes to you, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Thomas Jefferson uh, said this. He, he, he said, uh, one of the founding fathers of our country said, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. In other words, if you're going to keep a, if you're going to keep a country free, if you're going to keep an individual free, it is absolutely essential uh, that we remain vigilant. The only two times that word vigilance is used is one time, 1 Timothy is talking about the qualifications of, of a pastor of a church. And then secondly, just in general, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5, and of course in 1 Peter he's talking to folks that have gone through an immense amount of suffering, that have gone through some difficulties and trials in their lives. And because of those, those trials and difficulties, he reminds them of just how important it is for them to be sober and to be vigilant because they have 
an adversary, the devil, that is seeking whom, whom he may devour. Uh, the definition of, of, um, of vigilant just simply means to be attentive, to discover and avoid danger. Not just to avoid it, but obviously you have to discover it first. And then if you just want a, a one-word definition for vigilant, it simply means to be alert. Uh, just understand that there are dangers out there. And in the scriptures, we're told to beware of some things. We're not going to look up all these verses, and if you want to, let me encourage you, you can write them down, you can look them up later. But there's some specific things, particularly in the New Testament, that we're told as New Testament believers to be vigilant about and to be, to, to be warned of. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, Jesus talked about false prophets, and there are plenty of them out there. Uh, be careful of those that would steer you in the wrong direction uh, and away from truth. Luke chapter 12 and verse 1, he warned them about, about hypocrisy. Uh, he, ca he called it the leaven of the Pharisees. And he told them to beware of it. Why? Because uh, they were telling people to do one thing and then they were doing something totally different in their own life. Luke chapter 12 and verse 15 he said, beware of covetousness. Be careful. Uh, uh, covetousness can, can, uh, uh, can, can get in there and can really do damage to the soul. And uh, Jesus made, gave the warning that, you know, our life is not, uh, does not consist of the things that we possess. Uh, but but uh, our life, first and foremost, comes from God. And, uh, and it's important that we, we understand that. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 2, uh, he, uh, God warned of, uh, told us to beware of evil workers and the concision, which, which were people that demanded that circumcision was necessary for salvation. Now, you don't hear that in much, especially among Gentiles. Uh, you know, with, with Jews, that was an issue. With Gentiles, it is not necessarily... But, but today, you do hear of things, of people wanting to put something else onto salvation uh, rather than just, just pure faith and trust in Jesus Christ in Him alone. The Bible says that for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There are no works when it comes to salvation because Jesus Christ did all the work. He did it when he died on the cross. When he, when he uh, uh, surrendered his spirit to the Father, he said, it is finished. What's finished? The payment for our sin. Uh, the blood that was shed that can, that can take away sin. So beware of, of, uh, of, of anyone that would try to tell you that there's anything on, on top of faith and trust in Jesus Christ that is necessary for salvation. And then I want you to look at this one because this is one I think that we're inundated with today. Go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Right after the book of Ephesians, just before the book of... No, I'm sorry, right after the book of Philippians. Colossians chapter 2, just before the book of 1 Thessalonians. Colossians chapter 2... And look down in verse 8. 
God says, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. The things that he warns us against are philosophy, vain deceit, tradition of men, and the rudiments of the world. Rudiments just simply means the foundational principles uh, of the world. And there are tons of them out there. Um, you know, uh, some of the ones that I heard growing up was uh, one, and this, this is famous in the 60s, if, if it feels good, do it. In other words, live by your feelings, not by what's right. Uh, another rudiment of the world is everybody's doing it. Well, everybody's doing it, but it may not make it right. Uh, you need to go by what's right, not by what the majority's doing. A little bit won't hurt. No. <laughs> ask, that, ask Adam and Eve that question, if a little bit would hurt. Uh, they took one bite, and immediately uh, of the, the fruit that was forbidden, and immediately uh, they, they died spiritually. They didn't die physically, but they died spiritually. So a little bit can hurt. Uh, as, 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 long as, you don't, uh, as long as you don't hurt anyone else, it's okay. Well, the, 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 the Bible principle is, is no man really is an island. Now, that's not a verse, but it's a principle that uh, you don't stand alone. Your life affects the lives of, of tons of other people. Um, another another uh, rudiment of the world is you gotta, you got to put food on the table, you got to make a living. Well, that's true, but it isn't all your responsibility. It's also the responsibility of your God to take care of you, and of course it, it eliminates that. Uh, another one is uh, it all depends on how you look at it, uh, at, at a situation. Well, no, it, it depends upon whether or not uh, truth is involved, and if it's true, it's true, and if it's false, it's false. Um, the thing that I, that, that I heard constantly in growing up is, uh, is that uh, truth is relative. Uh, no, it's not. Truth is absolute, and you find the truth in the Word of God. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. There's no, there's, there's no relativity when it comes to that at all. It's all true. You hear a, you hear a philosophy today. Uh, love can never be wrong. Yes, it can. Uh, the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So these are, these are things that we, I, I think, really, of, of all of the, the things that we're, we're looking at, this is probably the most dangerous, just the, the uh, philosophies and the ideas that we are bombarded with uh, on a daily basis. And what, what this is called in Scripture in the book of James is called the wisdom of the world. And rather than taking the wisdom of the world, we need to be, be uh, well uh, established in the wisdom of God. And then there's a, another thing we need to be aware of. Go to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter 3, and in 2 Peter 3, look with me down in verse 17. 2 Peter 3, 2 Peter 3 and verse 17. It says, ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things, uh, ye know these things before, Beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall 
from your own steadfastness. And the, the, the warning there is, is given to, uh, about falling from being steadfast. The Bible says, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That's the last, last verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, but you can be steadfast today, and you can fall from it tomorrow. Uh, you can lose it uh, in, just, in just a moment. And we need to, we need to realize that uh, today's strength does not ensure tomorrow's strength. And so we need, to, we need to be cautious and we need to beware. Now, what are some things that, that in our lives that we ought to protect? In other words, we're, we're vigilant not just because the dangers are there, but because the dangers are there. Two things, uh, dangerous, uh, in, in, two things in our lives. Number one, the absolute top priority in our lives ought to be our fellowship with God. Uh, if you're saved, uh, you have fellowship, you have a possibility of fellowship with the Father. The Bible says in uh, 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. You think about this, when Adam and Eve were created, what was the very first reason they were created? Well, it was to have fellowship with God. And when, when they sinned against God, the Bible says they didn't rush to talk with him. Instead, they rushed to hide from him. And so that fellowship was broken. And uh, that's something that we need to be very vigilant about, uh, is, is, uh, is our fellowship with God and be very protective of it. Uh, Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 2 says, Your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Not only does it, does it hurt our fellowship, but it also hurts our, our power in prayer and our ability to be able to get our, our prayers answered. Another thing we should protect is not only our fellowship with God, but our purity. Our purity. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs 6. And in Proverbs 6, look down in verse uh, 23. Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs 6, 23 says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, lest not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Go over to chapter 7 and look down in verses 24 through 26. 24 says, Hearken unto me. Now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth, let not thine heart decline to her ways, meaning an immoral person. Go not astray in her paths, for she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. There's something that we're given at birth that we need to be extremely protective of, and that's our purity, our purity. Uh, Spurgeon said, 
A thief can, can steal in a moment, but the watchman must watch all night. Sin can undo in an unguarded second the character which required years to form. Uh, God has, has given us the, the ability to not only, not only be pure, but to stay pure. And uh, we, we need to protect that purity. There are, listen, we are, this society today is absolutely bombarding us with filth, bombarding us with immorality. I was talking with one of our men here just, just this week, and uh, he said, you know, one of the things he prays for his grandkids and that he prays for the children of our church is that, uh, that they would stay pure in a vile world. And uh, you're only going to do that if you remain vigilant and you realize that the danger is out there. Um, another thing that, that uh, we need to protect, go to Proverbs 6 and, uh, no, I'm sorry, Proverbs 16 and look down at verse 28. Proverbs 16, 28. It says, A forward man, uh, a forward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. And we need to protect our friends and our family. We need to protect those that are, are close to us and those relationships. Don't let anything uh, get in between those things. Go to uh, Proverbs 22. And this is something that all of us can have, and uh, uh, we need to not only obtain one, but we also need to protect it once we get it. Uh, Proverbs chapter 22, and look in verse 1, says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. That's just talking about a good reputation. And uh, it, again, takes years to, to build it. But you can build it, and you can have a, a name that's a good name. This uh, just last week, uh, lost a friend. Uh, Pastor Aaron Overton went home to be with the Lord. He was 80 years old. He pastored for years up in He was there before I got here and uh, only uh, retired just a few years back. Um, he, was, he, he was just he was a, a, a good preacher, a good man. Uh, loved the Lord with all of his heart, uh, was a good friend. If there's ever anybody that, that had and still has a good name, it was, it was Pastor Overton that had a good name. I, he, took, he took years to, to uh, establish that. But, but, but even in his death, he had that good name. Protect, protect your good name. Uh, go to Ephesians chapter, you don't have to go there, I'll just read it to you. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. It says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Um, we, need to, we need to protect our time. Uh, our time can be eroded very, very quickly and very, very easily. Uh, Proverbs chapter 5, you're in Proverbs, so you can turn to that one. Proverbs chapter 5. And look down in verse, verse 7. Proverbs 5, verse 7. Proverbs 5, 7 says, Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of, of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her. Come not now nigh the door of her house, lest thou give thine honor unto others and thy years unto the cruel, lest strangers be filled with thy wealth and thy, thy labors be in the house of a stranger. And thou mourn at the last 
when thy flesh and thy body are consumed, and say, How have I hated instruction, and my heart despised reproof, and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined mine ear to them that instructed me. Uh, there you find in that, in that passage talking about, about health, and that your health is linked to your moral state. Uh, you know, we were, we were talking about this in Sunday school. In fact, the, the whole idea of vigilance was what we ended up with in Sunday school. That was not by design, it just worked out that way. And uh, uh, your, your, your moral state will, and the, the things that you think on will make a difference in your personal health. And uh, you need to be aware of that. Uh, worrying is an example, too. Uh, is, is uh, uh, something that can actually whittle down a person's health and uh, cause them to, to not be healthy and, and not be strong for the Lord. Uh, another thing over Proverbs, you're in Proverbs, go to Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11, look down in verse 16. Proverbs 11, 16, the labor of the righteous tendeth to life and the fruit of the wicked to sin. Uh, your, your money, your possessions, the work that you can do. Uh, be, be protective of those things. Those are blessings from God. Um, I, I get reports from time to time of uh, people in our church that work for various different companies and in different places. One of the things that is, has just thrilled my heart, and I've heard it a lot over the years, is uh, good reports from companies that say, you know, uh, that person from your church works and they work hard and they, they, think, they think well of that. Man, that is, a, that is a, a principle and that is a way of life today that is really being lost. It's called the work ethic. Uh, protect that in your life. Protect that in your life. Uh, realize that there's, there's all kinds of of, uh, of, of devices that are out there, things that are out there that want to take away from that in your life. And, uh, you, know, the, you know, the thing I learned years ago is there is no, no such thing as a free lunch. Uh, there's always a string to it somewhere. So protect your money, protect your possessions. And then the, the last thing we need to protect is our eternal rewards. Um, the Bible talks about the fact that, we, that once we trust Christ as Savior, we've got some rewards that we can, we can earn and, and get when we get to heaven. But it also implies in several places in Scripture that you can lose what you've worked for. In other words, you can go ahead and get a reward, get a reward and have it waiting for you in heaven and have it taken away before you get there. Because, because you failed in an area. Uh, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 11 says, Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. It's not talking about a crown down here. It's talking about a crown up there. And so, so be, be uh, protective uh, of, your, of your future rewards. Um, in, in so doing all these things, one of the things we need to do is we need to develop our spiritual senses. Um, take your Bibles and turn with me over to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews 5. Hebrews chapter 5 is talking to people that at one time were really growing in the Lord 
at one time were teaching, and now because they have slipped and because they really lost their, their, their vigilance, they lost their diligence, uh, they slip backward. And God's telling them that, listen, you, 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 you used to teach people, now you need to be taught some of the basic things again to get back to where you used to be. And in chapter 5 and verse 14, the last verse in the chapter says, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Uh, in other words, uh, spiritual senses are something that we exercise on purpose. And, uh, and, and just as we have... Uh, have physical senses, we also have spiritual senses. For instance, we have spiritual sight. Psalm 119 verse 18 says, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. We sang a song here just a, a few moments ago. Open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou gavest me. Uh, we, we also need to develop our, our, our hearing uh, over in Hebrews 5.11, it says, Of whom we, we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. It's possible to get to a place that because we're not vigilant in our lives, our, our hearing becomes dull and we, can't, we, can't, we really can't comprehend and grab the things that God wants us to know and to hear. Uh, we have spiritual taste. Uh, Psalm 34 and verse 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. We, we have spiritual touch. First uh, John 1.1 1, 1 says, Which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Now, what John was speaking of was he's talking about Jesus Christ and his time with him. But we have that, we have that, that opportunity to have that same that same experience, we have it spiritually because of the word of God. And uh, again, in that same chapter, he says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Just like uh, John had fellowship with Christ when he was in the flesh, we can have fellowship with our God as well. And then the last thing is smell. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 says, Now thanks be to God, unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. And, and again, that's kind of linked in with, uh, with the, the scriptures of taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, what, what are some ways that we can, we can be more vigilant? What are some ways that we can increase or keep at a, at, a, at a peak the vigilance in our lives so that we can see coming problems and have the stamina to, to fight them? Let me give you just some, some practical things that we can do in order to become more vigilant. First of all, remember that we're always at war. We're always at war. Uh, go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6. And Ephesians chapter 6, look down in verses 
10 through 13. Verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Uh, understand that the problems and the difficulties that you have in life, uh, though they may take the form of flesh and blood, it is not flesh and blood that you have a problem with. It's principalities. It's powers. You have a real enemy out there. His name is Satan. He cannot take your soul if you're saved. And all God's people said, <laughs> yeah, he can't touch it. But he can grab your service. He can grab your joy. He can grab your wealth. He can grab your purity. Uh, he, can, he can affect those things. He can grab your time. Uh, he can get all those things. And he's constantly seeking whom he may devour. And that's why the, the verse that we started with this morning, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, uh, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You have an adversary. You have an enemy. And he would be absolutely thrilled to be able to devour you. And he is constantly trying to get to you and trying to whittle you down. And we need to realize that, that we're always at war. Um, the scripture talks about the fact that we have, we have three, uh, three distinct enemies. We have the world, the flesh, and we have the devil. The world is, is always before us. The flesh is always contrary to the spirit. The Bible says in Galatians 5, it says, The flesh warreth against, uh, lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And they're contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you should or that you would. And, and uh, so that flesh is always there trying to pull you in the wrong direction. And then the last one, obviously, is the devil. And the Bible says he's continually trying to stalk us and see whom he may devour. So just remember that you're always at war. Uh, there is no discharge in this war except by rapture or by death. And when those things happen, you can relax. But up until, up until that, either one of those things occur, we need to be sober and we need to be vigilant. Another thing that helps our vigilance is to remember that our, our, our enemy is the master deceiver and he is a liar. Take your Bibles and turn to, to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. In John 8, look down at verse 44. Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees, and they were not saved. They, they, they had, uh, had, had uh, not believed on him. And it says in verse 44, You're of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. And then he goes on to describe the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because... Uh, there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So uh, the, the devil is a liar, and he'll continually try to deceive you. That's why you need to be in the Bible, 
because you need to, to know what truth is. And you need, you need to be aware of what is right and what is good. Go to, go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians 11. And in 2 Corinthians 11, look down in verses 13 and 14. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 and 14. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. In other words, he looks like he's right. He looks like he's pure, but he's not. So he's a master deceiver, and he's a liar. And, and again, it just reminds you that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. People are not your main problem. Your problem is, is that you have a, an, an enemy that would like to see you defeated. And you know, one thing you got to give, you got to give the devil. In fact, I heard a message. I think I even preached a message based on uh, the same thing uh, years ago. Uh, uh, some, some, some admirable traits that the devil has. And one, one trait that he has is he doesn't quit. <laughs> he doesn't give up. You know what? My Bible says he's a defeated foe. And God has never been wrong. He says that he is, he is defeated. He says he's going to end up in lake fire. And I don't believe that the, I don't believe the devil believes God, obviously. Uh, and so, so he's going to continue anyway. But he doesn't throw up his hands. He doesn't get tired. I mean, he may get a little weary, but he, he, he doesn't let his weariness stop him from doing what he, he is intending to do, which is destroy uh, the things of God and destroy the people of God. And he doesn't quit. And so because he doesn't quit, we can't quit either. Another thing we can do to become more vigilant is to just daily expose ourselves to truth. And I've already alluded to that. Uh, John chapter 8 and verse, verses 30 through 32 says, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Uh, makes it very, very plain and very clear that we need to continue in the word. Continue just simply means to not only read it, not only know it, but do it. But do it. Be obedient to it. Uh, Romans chapter 16 and verse 19 Apostle Paul was talking to the Roman Christians and he was, he was closing out his epistle. And he said this. He said, I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. You know, one of the problems I think that we have today because we are in what has often been called the information age. Uh, if you want to know something, you can find it out within seconds. Um, I was having a discussion here, in fact, a couple of discussions this last week about different cities, and, and someone, and I said, well, what's the population, you know, what's the basic population of, and I don't even remember what city we were talking about, but, but uh, they said, well, I, I don't know, I don't really know how big it is. Hold on. I went and got my, got my phone out, uh, said, hey, Siri, be careful because she'll pick it up, but anyway. Uh, she, she hears it when I don't want her to hear it, and she doesn't hear it when I do. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I just simply said, uh, what is the population of? Man, you have it instantly. Now, that can be a blessing, but there's a lot of other stuff you can get instantly, too. You can get evil instantly. 
you can get, you, you know, you say, well, I, I remember years ago, we were fighting. We were fighting pornographic bookstores in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And we, had a, we had a meeting at our church one night, and it, was, it in, included a bunch of people. It included uh, folks that had moral concerns from the community, but they weren't necessarily saved people. And one of the guys raised his hand and says, you know what I think we need to do? I think we need to do, uh, uh, determine a, a team of people because uh, we, we really don't know what we're up against. So what we need to do is we need to have a team of about seven or eight folks. We all need to go into one of those stores so we know what we're up against. I said, whoa, stop. Hang on. You don't need to expose yourself to evil to know that it's evil. What you need to expose yourself to is good. And if you expose yourself to good, you'll see evil as soon as it, it raises its ugly head. You don't have to know all the intricacies of things that are wrong. The Bible makes that very clear when he said, I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple. That means stupid, okay? Just be simple concerning evil. Uh, spend time in your Bible. Come to church. Um, go to Hebrews 10. Hebrews chapter 10. You know where I'm going. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, which is a standard verse, but it really it, it teaches us so much. It shows us uh, how important church is. One of the reasons why we have church on Sunday morning and Sunday night, Wednesday night, all of them are different. Uh, encourage folks to come to every single service. Why? Because I can't have too much truth. I just can't have too much truth. I can't be too, too much encouraged. <laughs> I can't be exhorted too much. Um, I need to be exhorted. You need to be exhorted. And I don't just mean from here. I mean from there. And, and that's what it's talking about in Hebrews 10.25. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. That's talking about individual responsibility, not just the preacher from the Word of God in a message, in a sermon. It's talking about one another, exhorting one another, uh, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that points to me that we're, we're in the last days is that churches, instead of having more services, are having less services. If you want to go to church on a Sunday night, in Auburn, New York, as far as I know, there's only one church to go to because there's only one church that has services. It's us. Uh, we've had them, you know, we've had them since the, since the church opened up long before I ever came here. But uh, we, we don't need to shut services down. We need to be faithful to the, the services. And again, uh, that just exposes you to the truth. That exposes you to to, uh, to uh, uh, exhortation, you know, I'm, I'm glad we have the online services for those that can't make it. Uh, you know, Dave Corey was, was saying that when he, when he had to stay home because he was ill, he said, man, it was good to have those services because I felt like I wasn't disconnected, you know, during that time that I was gone. And that's, that's good. I, 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 I'm glad for it. But don't use that as a, as a substitute for this. My word. 
Uh, it, is no, it is no substitute. Uh, why? Well, because when you're all done, you turn off the computer, you turn off the TV or whatever means by which you, you uh, uh, are able to view the services, and you get no exhortation from anybody. Uh, one of the blessings of being here is just, just having folks that care for you, that love you, and try to help you. And, and, and that helps to keep us vigilant. Another thing that, that uh, helps to keep us vigilant is by asking God for wisdom and asking God for understanding. Uh, go with me to the book of Proverbs again. By now you should know exactly where Proverbs is because <laughs> we've looked at it a lot this morning. Proverbs chapter 4 and Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs 4 and Proverbs 2. My Bible are only a page apart. Proverbs 4 and Proverbs 2. Proverbs 4 verse 7 says, Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. With all thy getting, get understanding. He says to get it. Get it. You, it's, it's available for you. Uh, chapter 2 and verses 1 through 3 says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy, thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as, as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. Uh, we ought to, we ought to uh, look for wisdom. And try to gain as much wisdom as we can and then ask God for it. James chapter 1 and verse 5, all of us have been in situations where we just have not known what to do. Uh, you've had uh, problems in your life. You've had situations in your family. You've had situations in your job. Um, you've had difficult decisions that you've had to make. But at that particular juncture in time, you didn't know what to do. You didn't have a clue. Well, here's the answer. James chapter 1 and verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. In other words, get into the habit of asking God for wisdom. I, I find myself uh, almost on a daily basis when, when I'm in prayer, asking God in prayer, Lord, I'm going to need wisdom for things, for things today that I don't even know are coming. I'm going to have situations that uh, if, I, if I use my own wisdom instead of your wisdom, I'm going to fall flat on my face. Lord, give me wisdom. And by asking God for wisdom, it keeps you vigilant, keeps you understanding that you're dependent upon God. Another thing that uh, we do to, to stay vigilant and to increase our vigilance is to, to Grasp the, the uh, so reap principle. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5. I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6. And look at uh, three verses, 7, 8, and 9. Galatians 6, 7, 8, and 9 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh... Shall the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Um, he, he, we need to grab a hold of the, the, the fact that everything we do has an effect. 
uh, there is a cause effect that goes on continually in our lives. And whatever we sow, in other words, whatever we plant, whatever we invest in in our lives, that's the crop that we're going to get later down the line. And uh, we, we reap what we sow. We reap where we sow. We reap more than what we sow because you put one little seed like this down and you get uh, fruit with a whole bunch of seeds in it. And uh, so you reap more than what you sow, and you reap in a different season. Um, part of vigilance is being vigilant today for situations that you have not yet faced yet, and that you will face someday. And then, then uh, the last thing we need to do in order to, to maintain and even increase our vigilance is determine a, a, a conditioned response to danger before it even comes. Uh, go with me to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 10. Back up just a little bit in your New Testament, 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians 10, look in verses 4 and 5. Verse 4 says, uh, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. In other words, it's a spiritual battle. Verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We're supposed to cast down wrong thoughts and grab a hold of right ones. Uh, avoid wrong people and avoid uh, wrong ideas. Uh, over in Mark chapter 16 and verse 17, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 16 and verse 17, the Bible says, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. In other words, make sure your input is truth. Make sure your input is, is things that will help your vigilance and will help your purity and help your rightness, not, not destroy them. Uh, and, and, and look for God's hand in things. Uh, you know, uh, uh, there are times when uh, God's going to put us in a situation and he's going to make it very plain of what to do. Uh, go with me to uh, 1 Corinthians 10. You're in first, or 2 Corinthians. Go to 1 Corinthians and look in chapter 10 and verse 13. Chapter 10 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which he, that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Look for God's way of escape. Not your way, but look for God's way. It may be a way out. It may be a way through. Uh, with uh, the Apostle Paul, he had a thorn in the flesh. He looked for a way out, and God gave him a way through. Uh, it was still a way of escape. 
He, he had this thorn in the flesh. He asked God three times to remove it. And after the third time that he inquired of God, God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. In other words, I'm going to keep it there, but I'm going to let you get through it. I'm going to let you get through it with, with my grace. Um, just decide that, that uh, you're going to look for uh, the, the way that God wants you to handle things. Uh, for instance, in, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22, it says, flee also youthful lust. It doesn't say sit, stand there and fight it. It doesn't say uh, argue with it. It doesn't say play with it. It says flee youthful lust. Uh, look for ways of escape. Look for uh, ways that we can uh, not only handle danger when it comes, but at times, we need to avoid danger when it comes. We need to be vigilant. You know, the Bible says, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Perilous just simply means dangerous. Folks, I got news for you. We're here. We are here. We're in perilous times. Are you vigilant? Are you vigilant? Uh, ask yourself these questions. Do you remember every day that you're in a real war with real enemies? And again, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Number two, do you guard your time against thieves? Uh, there's all kinds of thieves out there wanting to, to steal our time. It's not only our time, but also our affections. And we need to, we need to be vigilant on those things. Number, number three, do you make time with God in prayer and his word, a daily priority, and you protect it with everything you have. Uh, why is that so important? Because that's how you get strong, by keeping and maintaining a relationship with God in fellowship through prayer and reading your Bible. Fourthly, do you avoid all talebearers, gossips, and complainers? And we were talking about in, uh, in uh, uh, Sunday school this morning how that... Uh, uh, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And when we start doing that kind of thing, we're jumping over the line and taking his side. Um, be careful of complaining. Complaining causes us to bring our vigilance down. And honestly, it does a tremendous amount of damage to us. If you don't believe it, just look at the, at the lifestyle of the people that were in the wilderness for 40 years with Moses, they ended up dying in the wilderness. And one of the, one of the number one attributes that they had in their lives, they were constant complainers. Constant, now, there were people of unbelief, and that was, that was a, a big problem with them. But it was manifested through their complaining. When you're complaining, you're not vigilant. When you're around complainers, you're not vigilant. Your guard comes down. The last thing is, do you daily ask God for wisdom? And you daily ask God for understanding. Why is that so important? Because we're to be sober. We're to be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that you would help us this morning to understand the importance and the necessity, especially in these days today, of being vigilant 
of, of not only vigilant for ourselves, but vigilant for our families, vigilant for our children, vigilant for our spouses, vigilant even for our friends. Uh, Lord, it's so easy to get lackadaisical. It's so easy for us to let our guard down. And yet, God, you've told us and you've actually commanded us to be vigilant because there's an enemy out there that would like to destroy us. Help us, Lord, not to get weary in well-doing, but to, to stay steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as we know that our labor is not in vain in you. Lord, I pray for, for folks that might be on the sound of my voice this morning. This is basically a message to save people, but unsaved people, people who have not yet trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior need to understand they are in much danger. And if they were to die today because of their sin, they would die and go to hell for all eternity. Uh, Lord, the whole reason, one of the big reasons why I got saved was I was scared to death of the effect of my sin. And I knew my sin would take me to hell. I pray that that same, that same fear of sin and what it can do would grab a hold of the hearts of anyone that's under the sound of my voice this morning that does not know for sure that their sins are forgiven and that they're on their way to heaven. God, as we give the invitation, if there's someone here in this congregation, I pray that they would come forward. Just come to me and say, Pastor, I'd like, I'd like to get that thing settled. I'd like to know for sure if I die to go to heaven. Maybe it's someone who's sitting in the comfort of their own, their own uh, home this morning and watching this broadcast. Father, I pray that they would understand that they're a sinner and that you demand a payment for sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And uh, so, Lord, I, I just pray that you work in hearts this morning. I pray for those that, that are saved, that though they can't lose their soul, there's so much they can lose. And God, I pray that you'd help us to be vigilant. If we're, if we're lackadaisical in an area pointed out to us and help us this morning to decide to Sure up that foundation and do that which is right so that we can be protected from the wiles of the devil. We pray that you bless this invitation. Have your will, have your way in our hearts. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's stand.